You're listening to Literally, the podcast where you literally get a complete behind the scenes peek at a one-on-one business coaching relationship and the transformation that unfolds over the course of six months. I'm your host, Lacey Seitz, business mentor and success coach and the founder of A Lit Up Life. These are recordings of actual coaching sessions with one of my clients where you get to experience her journey right along with her and gain insight into building your own lit up life and the business that you desire. Hey guys, welcome to session 13. We are at the point where Rachel is getting very close to baby. I think we're about four to six weeks out at this point. And this episode is really about thinking about the future while also addressing what happens between now and then. So it's a really good episode in terms of thinking about like how we can make things easier for her now, but how we can also start planning further out. So whether or not you resonate with being about to have a baby or go on maternity leave, this is still totally applicable in thinking about planning long-term for your business, how to make things easier for you and how to take away some of that intensity around the unknown, which, you know, obviously Rachel is experiencing in terms of being about to have her second child, but all of us are experiencing in terms of how crazy 2020 has been and how much the world has changed. So I think this episode will serve you a lot and I'm excited for you guys to listen. All right, what's going on? Well, we've got six more weeks till baby, I think. (laughs) Crazy, right? Yes. Yes, definitely. But it's been, it's been a good week. It's been really productive. And I've been leaning on my VA to help me get stuff done, which has felt really good. So next week, my challenge starts. And um, so she's been working on the email sequence and helping me update branding on some of the worksheets I have for the challenge. And I got her all my content for next week early, which feels really good. <laughs> so like that's that's all felt good and, and handing things over to her. And then I've got a call set up with her um, in a week or so to talk about maternity leave coverage. So that's all felt really, really good. I think where I'm struggling this week is on just schedule because it's been a crazy mm-hmm. week. My husband actually had to go into the office a couple times and mm. that kind of threw off the schedule and he's just been really busy with his work. So even if he's home, like we just don't, it's really hard with what he does for us to be like, okay, I'm going to work for four hours and then we'll swap because mm-hmm. he has stuff just like pop up. <laughs> and so it, it's a scramble sometimes. So What's happened is stories have kind of gotten pushed to the end of the day. And so I'll do one and then I don't have time to record the second one like I've been (laughs) doing. So so that's been I think schedule has just been a challenge for me this week. Tell me a little bit about like at the end of the day, like not having time to record the next one. Like, does it just feel overwhelming at that point? Or you're like, literally like, I don't have three minutes. Like I'm that pressed or it's just kind of like, I'm exhausted. Like what comes up for you there? Yeah, it's a little bit of both. It's Mm -hmm. um, tired and exhausted at the end of the Mm -hmm. day. But then it's also like, I'm literally recording it while my daughter's in the bathtub and I'm trying to get like, (laughs) all her stuff ready for bed Mm -hmm. and so it's sort of like a little bit of a time crunch because I'm just squeezing it into like the 10 to 15 minutes 
sometimes she takes a really long bath and there's more time, but, (laughs) you know, squeezing it in with like all the evening tasks of just getting a toddler to bed. What comes up for you in terms of like, if that happened earlier in the day, like, is it, is it just not possible? Is it just that it's not scheduled that way right now? Is it kind of moving stuff around? I think it's just that it's, it's not scheduled that way right now. And Mm -hmm. Like, I really need to, I mean, I know this from other stuff, like, I really need to put it in the calendar and have it as like a, I need to do this. Like, I'm really good at doing that with calls and like with our calls and with client calls. Right. I'll tell my husband, like, I need this hour to do this. And stories isn't even, it's not even an hour. It's like 10 minutes, Mm -hmm. (laughs) if that. (laughs) So, you know, I think it's just, I don't know. I think... I think it's just I need to put the same boundaries around it and just put it in the calendar of like, okay, I'm going to go do this now. Can you watch our daughter? And I know he'll always say yes. So mm-hmm. <laughs> I think it's just treating the stories just like everything else in business. Creating boundaries around our time and tasks is one of the hardest things to do as an entrepreneur, quite honestly, especially when we have other responsibilities with clients and family and all of that. But treating your tasks as important as showing up for client calls is really a game changer in terms of moving your business forward. Having it be a set task that's just as important as that client call where like of course if something absolutely came up you can move a client call but you're moving it you're not just not doing it right so I think that this is just a really beautiful lesson for all of us is to just do a check-in around like am I putting boundaries around my time related to tasks am I treating that as important as I would having to be on a call with a client and if not how can I shift that because of course being on a call with a client is super important it's going to move my business forward it's making me money all the good things, but so are the tasks, right? And that's the mindfuck of being an entrepreneur sometimes is that though it does not give you that return in that moment, it is the thing that is going to give you long-term return. So check in with yourself this week around your boundaries as it relates to the actual tasks of moving your business forward. Yeah. I also wonder, um, like if you could just give yourself a minute, like to write down like 20 ideas or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that. You know, so then it wasn't even 10 minutes. It's literally just the three minutes it takes to record mm-hmm. it. Do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think that's a really good idea too. Because sometimes, you know, right now it's sort of whatever I feel inspired to do for the day. But kind of thinking about and looking ahead, I like that idea of, of having like, okay, t- this is what I need to talk about already kind of planned mm-hmm. out. Like, I'll just tell you what I do personally, but I just keep, like, a little note open on my computer. And every time I, like, talk to a client or see something or have an idea or whatever, I have this, like, just endless list, basically, of shit there. So when I go to record, I pick one and it literally is just three minutes, Mm -hmm. effectively. Do you know what I mean? So that – and I think that's helpful to remember, too. Like, anytime I'm like, oh, like, I don't – you know, I don't know if I have time for that today or whatever. I just, like, try to literally say to myself, it's three minutes. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Which is obviously sometimes like at night with bedtime and whatever, you don't even have the three minutes. But I do think that the value add for you of finding time in the day to get that in so that you're not worried about it once baby comes is just so high right now. Do you see Mm -hmm. what I mean there? 
Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think that would. And I think it's like everything else I do is like I build it up in my mind as this thing. And then it it's not nearly as difficult when I actually sit down to do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I just need to keep proving to myself that's the case with everything. <laughs> Say a little bit more to me about that, like build it up in your mind. I think I do this with a lot. I do this in my PR business. There was like a task I, I needed to get done. I needed to write some pitches and I put it off and put it off for like months. <laughs> and when I finally sat down to do it, it took me maybe 20 minutes and it was mm-hmm. fine. And so I think I just tend to do that with everything. Like I used to do it with my content. I would sit and agonize about it. And then once I actually sat down to do it, it was fine. So I don't know why. I mean, I just, it's like, oh God, I have this thing I need to do. When am I going to get it done? And then I sit down and do it and it takes no time at all. And I mean, some of it fit into that perfection piece of like, oh, I want everything to be perfect. But now I've kind of let go of that, of of it needing it to be perfect. And I don't know, it's just like having it as part of the just mental everyday load feels really heavy. But then once I sit down and do it, it's like, oh, why was I so putting so much brain energy, like and mental and emotional energy towards this thing that that really doesn't take very long and that, you know, I can get done quickly. Well, something that comes up for me a little bit there when you say sort of like the mental load Mm -hmm. piece is I almost feel like, and you told me if this was true, but I almost feel like what's happening is that the actual, um, let's say, mental load itself sort of thing is really the idea that it's not built in. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's almost like, where does this fit? When will I do it? Will I actually have time to record the extra video or whatever? But like with stories, for example, since you've kind of just made doing one a day like a non-negotiable, like I feel like the weight has gone down around Mm -hmm. that. Does that feel true or does it feel like not necessarily? No, that feels true. I think the weight of that has gone down. I, I think it's the piece of like recording the extra one, which really helps but it's I think part of it is not knowing what I'm going to talk about and so I I really like the idea of having the list because I think that takes away some of that mental load in itself because I'll already have like okay I can record this one I know what I'm going to talk about and and then I can turn this one out real quick because I already have a topic planned yeah I think it's almost like the reason that the stories thing has stopped being as much of a load is because it feels like a you're just going to do it. It's almost like brushing your teeth doesn't feel like a, mm-hmm. a mental <laughs> right. weight, yeah. right? It's like I'm just going to do it. It's not really like a thing, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I feel like it's almost like making the extra story piece a part of that. Yeah, yeah. Where it's like I'm going to write the ideas in advance and I'm just going to take the time. Mm-hmm. You know, whether that's earlier in the day and we need to shift that around or whatever. But I think that that would be so valuable there for you because, again, like we're like, okay, we're going to add the five minutes. The five minutes isn't the problem. It's like the mental weight of it. That's the problem, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So if we can remove that decision fatigue, right, of like will I or won't I today? What will I talk about? All that kind of stuff then like Mm -hmm. you can really kind of do it pretty simply and it actually feels a lot easier. Does that feel true or what comes up for you there? 
Yeah, that feels true. And I, I like the term decision fatigue, because I think that's, that is what it feels like. And I, I have to make so many decisions in a day. It's like taking a, away the need to make a decision makes everything easier. Totally. There's actually like a lot of research yeah. on that where mm-hmm. we almost have like a finite amount of decisions that we will make at a, a really high capacity. And the more we make, the worse the quality of our decisions gets. <laughs> Okay, so decision fatigue. (laughs) This is such an important concept. You know, as I was saying to Rachel, the quality of our decisions has been shown to go down over time. And so really paying attention for how many decisions am I making? And then where am I putting those things in my day where I know require more decision-making tasks from me? So that's why we talked about potentially moving the stories from earlier in the day, things like that, so that Rachel's quality of decision-making and the amount of mental energy and capacity she has to expand on that isn't at an all-time low when she's trying to work on Blissful Budget. This is so applicable to all of us, and this is why I'm such a believer in doing repetitive tasks in your business. I talk about this all the time and in all the situations I possibly can because I have just seen it make such a big difference for myself when I know that a task is just a set repetitive task in my business, like write content, record for the podcast, show up on live stream, whatever that is, it starts to get so simple. And I'm not saying it's easy to form the habit, but I am saying that once you do and once it stops being a decision, things in your business get so much easier. And if you're much further along in your business, this is true with team too. The less decisions my team has to make, the more they know what repetitive tasks they need to do, the more our business grows and the easier things get for us. So no matter what point you're at in business, finding those things that can become habit that you don't have to make a ton of decision around and that ultimately move you forward every single day are going to be the biggest difference maker. When you're having to re-decide about the same things all the time, your business is simply going to feel more draining, more overwhelming, and your quality of decisions will go down. So use that as a checkpoint for yourself this week. Think about how decision fatigue might be impacting you in your own business. And then think about just like, what are those little things I can do, right? Like for Rachel, it's just like write down ideas in advance and change the time of day. Nothing huge, but it will make a tremendous difference in how fatiguing the process is. So check that out in your own business. So this is just like an example, and I'm not saying this is necessarily what's happening, but let's just use this as an example. It's like by the time it's seven o'clock or something and your daughter's in bath time and you're trying to record your stories, like you're not in the place where you're going to make a high quality decision in terms of like, should I record the second one or not? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Your brain's going to be like, no. It's like if I say to myself, I'm going to work out at seven o'clock at night. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Please. Right. (laughs) never fucking gonna happen. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Because it's like my, I've made so many other decisions that day, like I'm not going to make a high quality one. So what we can try to do is like remove as many as possible where it's like, you're not deciding, do I brush my teeth or not? You're just doing it, right? You're not deciding like, does she get the bath tonight or not? Like, it's just part of the process, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. That makes so much sense. And, and it, it is funny. It's like, I mean, (laughs) Even with our daughter in like a bath routine, I remember in the beginning that seeming so like overwhelming and now it's just something Mm -hmm. we do every night. Like it's Mm -hmm. just part of the routine, like brushing our teeth and (laughs) everything. 
And that's really like what we're trying to get to, I think, for the next like, mm-hmm. you know, four to six weeks in your business yeah. where there are just things that kind of happen. Yeah. Yeah. They're not so much like big choices, big decisions, big things. It's like everything's like it just happens that I record an extra one every day. It happens that I like, you know, am giving everything else to my VA. It happens that I write in advance, like all of that, like little stuff mm-hmm. that if you can kind of like remove the decision around, let's say, for the next six weeks, like, we'll put you in a totally different spot where, like, you don't want to be carrying the weight of that decision every day. Right. Does that feel true? Yeah. Yeah. That definitely feels true. And some of it might be trying to get it in earlier. I don't know if that's possible, but, like, if we, like, take the actual, like, decision fatigue paradigm, right, Mm -hmm. it's, like, the quality gets less as the day goes on. So maybe it's just like, maybe that's not the ideal time to be doing it. I'm not sure what comes up, but tell me what feels true there. I mean, it's definitely not the ideal time at the end of the day. And I feel like if I move it earlier, it'll feel better. I just need to do it. (laughs) And I think if I have it again, it's like everything has to be on the calendar. I think Mm -hmm. if I have like, okay, for the next 10 minutes every day at this time I'm doing stories I'll be in my office don't bother me Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. it'll it'll work out and the nice thing about it is that you know for the most part you can always move those around like if you know your husband has a meeting or whatever then it happens at one instead of 11 or you know like it's a movable factor which is nice but the it's not a question of am I gonna get it done right right So I think that's sort of nice in a sense, but I don't know if that feels better or worse where you're like, no, I just want to stop moving it. And that's sort of the problem. Um, You know, I think it's kind of both. I feel like if I have it on the calendar and something comes up, then yeah, I'll definitely, I can move it. (laughs) It's not a big deal, but I think I'm a creature. Like I like getting in a routine and I like have it and, um, So I like at least having it around the same time every day, but it definitely needs to move away from seven o'clock at night because it's just like it's getting done, but it, you know, the extra stories aren't so. And you feel like most of that is maybe even just like writing out the idea in advance, but also will shift the timing a little bit too. Yeah. Yeah. Tell me um, in terms of like getting them done, like, Anything not feeling good about that? Or is that like, that part's the easy part right now. Like that part's feeling great. No, getting them done feels good. Yeah, I don't, I don't think that feels hard at all right now. I've just been doing them. (laughs) And so, and that's felt good too. It's just sort of doing them and not, not worrying too much about like, oh, is this perfect? Again, Mm -hmm. like, I'm not trying to to be perfect. Some days I'm sweaty and <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, sitting outside on the porch doing them. And I also I downloaded um, Clipomatic, which does subtitles. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah. Some nights I'll use that just because it's easier to have the subtitles than to like go on and write out, you know, text yeah. underneath me. So that's helped. Also, it's my little cheat. <laughs> Yeah, and listen, I wouldn't even look at it like that. I mean, totally. But like, you know, that's just as good. You're like, you're not even cheating. You're doing a great job. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah. Okay, so that's all feeling good. So it's kind of just like adding the extra stuff on. And then I know you had also said like really looking at like 
what what's changing after all this too. So tell me kind of where your your head's at with yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, I think as my due date gets closer and closer, I've also been thinking a little more about, you know, what what do I want business to look like after the baby comes? Mm-hmm. Kind of trying to remember what it was like with my daughter. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I think that was before even you know, I was working, doing a lot with Blissful Budget. That was more in the PR business. But, you know, I'll have, I'm going to take September off from Blissful Budget, but then October and November, I'm going to be working in it, but I'm not going to be doing PR October and November. So I feel like I'll have more time to actually focus on the business. I mean, I'm I'm not naive. I'll have a newborn too, and that's hard, but and a toddler. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, I'll also have some support in place to help me because both grandparents are here and we're seeing them now. And mm-hmm. so, you know, I'm trying to think about like, what do I want to build and put in place so that, you know, hopefully I don't have to take on as much PR work um, after the, after uh, maternity leave mm-hmm. <laughs> is, uh, one of the ideas that I've had floating around in my mind for a while uh, is doing like a small group course. And like I even have it all, it was a six, probably a six week course, and I have it all like outlined out already. I did this, I don't know, probably a year ago. Mm-hmm. I put together this outline and it's just been sitting in a notebook. Cause I feel like there's the part of me, I really like doing one on one work and I want to do that and I want to book that out. But I also really like the small group format as well because I think especially with money, sometimes it's nice to know other people are going through it Mm -hmm, with you. mm -hmm. And I think it could be powerful. But then, you know, I also don't want to like be in a hundred million different places either. Like I don't know if I need to book out my one-on-one practice first and then launch the course or if it's possible to to do both or do I need to shift to courses? Is that a better format? So I think I've just been, that's just been what's kind of been going around my brain. I would say a couple of things. One is I think that the real like thing that's going to get you out of PR is like, how can we get the highest value of client in? Does that make mm-hmm. sense? Yeah. Yeah. Right. So it's sort of the difference between like, do I need to self, you know, six one-on-one spots at X price or 60 group programs at X price. And so um, just in terms of like, it's not bad to go that route. It's just like in terms of like faster return, I think that's a longer game, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now, it doesn't mean that you couldn't build it as more of like a DIY thing that people could buy that then led them into Mm -hmm. one-on-one, right? Yeah, yeah. But I think it you don't necessarily want it to be like, I'm opening up way more capacity over here and then focusing on a launch of that and then kind of giving that my attention because that's going to take just as much time, energy, and effort. Right. But it gives you less of that initial return. Do you see what I'm saying there? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I feel like, like, I feel like I could easily make it into a a DIY program. Mm -hmm. And like, that might be a fun 
project to work on and have my VA help me with, you know, in those two months is getting that that DIY program set up because I feel like I could do that simultaneously while I'm booking out one on one. Yeah. And listen, that could be a great lead into one-on-one. Like someone does that and they mm-hmm. realize they need more help. Like that's really, it's almost like we still want all roads to lead to one-on-one because we know that yeah. that's the monetary value that's going to get you out the fastest, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Definitely. But that could definitely be a piece of it where it's like, this is just a piece to warm people up and it leads them into it. So just building it with that in mind, like building it through the lens of like, how is this like a foundation setter that leads them to one-on-one mm-hmm. not feels like a replacement for. So I think this question comes up a ton for new entrepreneurs. Like, should I launch the group program? Does that get me closer to my goals? All of that kind of thing. And honestly, it really does depend. I'm not someone who necessarily believes you should only and ever fill one-on-one first. However, I do believe that you should be making decisions most in alignment with the goals that you have. So for Rachel, the goal is definitely grow the income as quickly as possible so that she can be out of PR, right? And so when we just look at numbers wise with that, like, you know, we might need like five one-on-ones versus, I don't know, I'm just making something up, 25 people in a group. It gets really obvious where the win is. But asking yourself that based on what the goal is, is so valuable, right? So like she really does feel like she's going to have time for one-on-ones and the biggest goal is to replace the income. So this totally makes sense. You might be someone in a totally different position where you don't have time for the one-on-ones and the biggest goal might be just grow it slowly while you're doing something else. And you may want to go into having a program. But the thing to remember here, and I feel like this is really important, and just something I want to say that Rachel and I didn't necessarily dive into too much, but I think is really important for anyone listening is just to remember that like building and launching a program is just as much, if not more work sometimes than also selling one-on-ones. And so sometimes it's just about what feels better to you, what's most in alignment with what your goals and like, what are we doing here? It's not necessarily about like am I going to save a ton of time off that? I think that in our minds, it feels like that if we haven't done it before, but just from someone who's done it and who's been behind the scenes with a lot of clients doing it, it's less about, is that going to save me a shit ton of time? And more about, is that most in alignment with my goals? Or is that a much bigger preference for me? Because it all takes energy, right? It takes energy to show up for a one-on-one call and it takes energy to build out a module in your program. So just looking at it through that lens, I hope is really helpful. And then asking yourself that question about what's most in alignment with the goal that I'm trying to create is the most useful way to address that conversation at the beginning of your business. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I like that a lot. Do you feel like it's already kind of framed like that or do you think it kind of needs some tweaks or what comes up for you there? I think it's already framed like that. Um, it's sort it's based on, it's based on the workbook that I had shared with you, but it's like less yoga intensive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so it, I think it definitely, it kind of lays a foundation, but then it, it definitely kind of leads you into, okay, if you need more support, come work with me one-on-one. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I haven't written, it's right now just an outline and I'll share the outline with you in Basecamp. I'm sure there are improvements I could make to it. But um, yeah, I think right now it's sort of like a basics, like f- 
finance 101 almost. Mm -hmm. And then, um, you know, if they want more support, they can work with me directly. Yeah, I think like basically I would just go back through it and you can definitely share with me and then look at like what is the very clear tie in like. You end at this point and next step is this point kind of thing. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Where it's not just kind of like, oh, we could go deeper or whatever. It's more like really strategically Mm -hmm. kind of built to be like, here's, here's, you know, foundation or whatever. And then here's next steps in terms of our work together and what that could look like. Um, I think that's super important for you for that to be worth your time for it really to feel like a very clear lead in. Yeah, definitely. But the nice thing about something like that is that there is no timeline on that, Mm -hmm. meaning for you in terms of creation. Like, it's not like, well, I have to show up for a call at this certain time or I have to get it done by this date. So it could be a nice project that, you know, you're working on at that time where it feels like you're moving forward, but it's like a non-pressured project. It's not like, I think it would be really hard with a newborn to like be in a launch. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Mm Mm-hmm. Obviously, you could do it. I'm sure people have done it. But I think like in terms of like time pressure and in terms of like return on that time, yeah. I think that would be tough. Does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, building a DIY course is a little bit easier because I can I can record things when the kids are asleep and I can, you know, I can fit it in mm-hmm. and have it sort of at that longer term project like – with the goal of getting it done in those two months, but obviously that doesn't have to be, you know, set in stone if things end up a lot more chaotic than I may realize they'll mm-hmm. be. <laughs> yeah. And so. I think that might be a good question too. And like you don't necessarily have to answer it now or you could answer it now knowing that it might change, but it's almost like what is going to be some of the setup? Like do are we getting family help? X mm-hmm. days per week. Are we, you know, are we changing out our schedules this day for this day? Like just like little things that you could start knowing mm-hmm. now might be useful so that you could even start to plan that out. Like, okay, I could work on the course for a half an hour a day. I could write content for a half hour. I could open space for calls from this time to this time. Like mm-hmm. it doesn't mean it wouldn't change, but sometimes just like taking those unknown and, and giving them a bit of an answer can be really useful so that you're not like constantly asking that question and running through that question in your head. Does that make sense? I am such a big fan of creating answers for the unknown, even if it changes, right? This can help so much in terms of you being able to move forward and take action versus staying in freeze mode. Now, I think there's a balance of this too, right? I think that sometimes at the beginning of your business, some people are trying to plan out for like a year and a half, like income projections and all of this stuff. And it's like, we haven't even gotten your first client yet. So it's really hard to plan and project all of that. But there are a lot of things that we can create answers for. So for example, Rachel can create the answer for how much time may I have to work once I go back to work? How much time might I have support for when I go back to work? And then we can decide what she's going to do with that time, right? And so even if that time changes or the hours around that change or whatever that is, she's still going to feel much more calm and much more centered in terms of moving forward by having that frame and that container rather than not. So she kind of goes into maternity leave going, gosh, I have 
literally no idea what time I'm going to have, what this is going to look like. That's going to breed anxiety within her, right? If she goes into maternity leave going, I have a rough estimate that I'm going to have this much time and this time is going to be used for this and it's going to look like this. It doesn't mean she's never going to be anxious about coming back, but it does mean she's going to have a lot of answers to the questions that her brain would naturally throw up. So really helpful to just see that it doesn't mean that if you decide that today, it has to be that way three months from now, no matter what. But deciding that today might make the next three months feel a lot less stressful. And so that is a gift you can give yourself. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And it's something that I do need to sit down and look at. Like we've set up support immediately following the birth, but then I haven't really thought about what that looks like beyond that first month and and really need to do that and sit down because... I mean, again, it, it just helps to, I like having a schedule and, and knowing when things are happening and it'll definitely help to know like, when can the grandparents come help? Mm-hmm. And I mean, even yesterday, my husband got called into the office and I ended up taking my daughter over to my in-laws house so they could watch her while I worked. And that used to be like, before COVID happened, like that was what we did every Tuesday and Thursday. Mm -hmm. And I would get work done for a few hours. And that would be like, my time to work. And then, you know, the whole pandemic happened. Yeah, totally. (laughs) So it's like, how can we bring some of that routine back in? Yeah, I think that that would give you a lot of peace of mind here. I think that like, you know, obviously, you know, this, but it's like worth just like, noting that, so much of the stress and blissful budget isn't necessarily about like the tasks mm-hmm. or the things. It's sort of about like, does it have time on the schedule? Where does it even fit it? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. And so just like having some idea of that answer, I think is really like anxiety quelling a little bit. Yeah, right. Because it's it like, is. well, it does fit in somewhere. It's not, you know, it might not look exactly how I want it to look. It might be you know, imperfect and that it has to move at some points or whatever, but like just knowing like, okay, I'm like guaranteed X amount of hours per week. And I think that's where you can kind of do the thing that we were saying before, which is like remove all decision fatigue and just know what you're doing with that time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think that'll help so much to have that. Does that feel like possible to set that schedule up? Or do you feel like it's almost like that's not really like how it's going to be with my husband's job or like what comes up for you there? I mean, I, I feel like it's possible, at least, you know, with our in-laws mm-hmm. to, to set that up or my parents. Um, we do have kind of a big question mark after September anyway. I think we talked about yeah. this a little bit last time, just with what happens with my husband's job and that kind of being up in the air. But I mean, you know, he might end up being able to care for Zoe <laughs> a little mm-hmm. more or, mm-hmm. or he his contract gets extended and and it would be the same, you know, situation as we are in now. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think we can at least, we can sort of plan like, okay, they'll come over on these days or we'll go to their house on these days. And I think that'll be easy to plan kind of regardless of what happens mm-hmm. with, with him. I think something that's really helpful about that too, is you can see, then as well, like, am I actually going to be able to fit in one-on-one clients? Because obviously if that answer is just flat out no, then 
you know, getting the DIY thing is way more important, right? If that answer Mm -hmm. is like, yeah, totally there's room for six and that equals this amount of income and whatever, then Mm -hmm. that really like shifts your planning a little bit. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, definitely. It really does. And and I think I'll have, you know, I think with getting help and having the the in-laws come in, then yeah, I'll have room for one-on-one clients. In terms of, that right now? Like, what is your thought with that? Like, if somebody signed up right now, can we answer that question too? Like, would we just put them on hold for a little bit? Would we start them after? Like, what feels like the move that needs to happen for that right now? I think with one-on-one clients, um, I would probably, well, I don't know. I guess that's a good question because we are coming into August. Um, I would probably give them the option of doing the intensive portion of the one-on-one this month, but then start up with our follow-ups in August. But that might be too much time for some, or um, October, I mean. But that might be too much time in between for some of them. So I don't know. <laughs> I I sort of have mixed feelings on it because um, I could do a couple calls with them this month, but then, you know, September would be a pause and then we would pick back up. I think it it's sort of I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what to do. Well, here's the thing I would say two things. One is like just like noticing how important it is to mm-hmm. even like hold that decision. Yeah. Yeah. Right, because I think there's this way where like sometimes it's like conceptually we know we want the client but there's almost a part of us that's like I don't even know what I would do with them like I have Mm -hmm. no idea like who cares like not who cares but (laughs) you know what I'm saying like we're almost like not planning for what we want does that make sense a really good thing to see here is how Rachel really wanted that one-on-one client but also didn't know what she was really gonna do with them (laughs) right so sometimes it's like we're really, you know, broad scale being like, oh, I want that, I want that, I want that. But then there's resistance underneath that because it's like, well, I don't even know what I would do with them. I guess I would have to book them out later. I'm not even sure if I got asked this on a call, would I even know the answer, right? So really helpful to just see how sometimes we can think we know what we want, but we can have not made those micro decisions about what that would look like. But once we make those decisions, things get easier, right? Like you can see as this conversation progresses how knowing this answer helps her figure out a lot of other next steps in her business. So it kind of goes along with that idea that we were just talking about of creating answers for the unknown. Right. So same with this is like we just want to create a plan here and we want to show up like those prospects are going to convert instead of being like, I have no idea what I would do here, but uh, whatever, like they haven't converted yet. So it's not a thing. Right. So this is like a bit of that practical create answers for the unknown and definitely a bit of mindset, like show up as though those prospects will convert. So this is just really good for anyone that's listening to look at their own business, which is, you know, do you really know like how you're going to book that next client, what that looks like, what that timing looks like in your schedule? You know, if you have time off coming up, do you know what you're going to do with them? Like, do you have the answers created and are you showing up like, you know, you're going to book clients? Great checkpoint here and really cool to see how that then creates more decisions, more opportunities moving forward. Yeah, yeah, that totally makes sense. 
Um, you know, I think it would probably make most sense to start them in October just because it can be hard sometimes to like do all this work up front and then not have the accountability for a whole month and not have the support. Well, I think a good question there is like, is that you caretaking or is that just oh, gosh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or is that That's just like true. genuinely the right fit? Like I- I'm hearing mm-hmm. that more as like you almost being like, oh, they would have to have me where I'm almost like, wouldn't it be great if they could like get a couple things off the ground? And then- that's true. That's true. Yeah. But that doesn't have to be true, right? Like, if you're like, that just doesn't fit my program, like, I'm totally open to that. But, like, we just want to check mm-hmm. in on, like, is it that or is it something else, right? Yeah, I think it probably is the caretaking. Because I could definitely do the intensive portion in August with new clients. Mm-hmm. And maybe even, like, one follow-up call, just depending on when they book, you know, their first meeting in August. Because then what happens with the program is even if we're meeting in October, we're updating the their budget and the things that we went over in the intensive anyway. Mm-hmm. So that kind of gets them off the ground. And then in October, we can really dive into like what worked for you, what didn't work for you in the month that, that we were off. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and listen, that might be a great marketing opportunity now too, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Like if you've been thinking about getting support, like now's the time. Like let's jump on it. Let's get an intensive done. Like I know we can talk about this too. Like I know you have another prospect that you're talking to right now. And mm-hmm. so that might be something that you're sharing with them and really just like getting super, super clear on like that being an urgency marker instead of a bad thing. You know what I mean? Yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah, and I need to follow up with – I've got a couple of prospects, so I need to follow up with both of them, um, and that might be a good yeah. follow-up there, creating some urgency. And see how that's so nice, too, because it's almost like that – and this is what we're looking for in business is those things that, like, really serve you but also really serve them, right? So, like, it serves you to, like, get started now and to have that time and to, you know, use that as an urgency marker. But it also really serves them, too, to – have a reason to get started, to maybe have that time to see how it feels. Like they're really getting more support, not less. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Does that feel true or what comes up for you there? No, that feels true. Um, I think that definitely feels true. And I kind of like creating this sense of urgency a little bit yep. because it also helps. I mean, most people, if they're feeling frustrated with their finances or afraid to look at it, like that's usually means it's time to do it. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> and so it's sort of like, all right, let's, let's do this now and get it done. Because Rachel decided what she wants to do with one-on-one now, she's realizing that there are some urgency markers going on here that she really can use to her advantage, right? So it's really beautiful to see how one decision impacts the other. And it kind of goes with the theme that we're talking about here, which is like creating that answer helps you move forward and take more action versus freezing. So creating that decision around one-on-one is now helping her move forward and realize there's urgency present. There are things I can make work for me. I can use this to my advantage, right? So that is true for anything in your business. If there are things that you haven't been making decisions on or that you haven't created, 
curated answers around, doing so will help you move forward faster, right? But then separately, urgency is a huge opportunity here, right? So what I had said to Rachel is like, of course, we don't want to manufacture it when it's not there, but if it's present, let's use it. So I would give you the same recommendation if you're listening to this too. Like you don't always have to have urgency to get sales. That's certainly not a non-negotiable requirement. However, it certainly helps, right? Certainly helps for someone to go, oh dang, I'm not gonna be able to book a call with Rachel for a while. Like I really do want to get that in because I've been hearing her talk about it. It just makes our brains frame it in a different way, gives it more importance, right? So think about where that's happening in your own business that you might be missing that opportunity, or maybe you haven't made a decision around something. Like I see this with people when they're coming up to getting full with clients. It's like, we really want to decide what full means for you because then we can use that as an urgency marker. If we're kind of just like, I don't know, I have some, we'll see, da, da, da. It really stops us. We're more in the freeze mode than in the move forward, take action, create urgency mode. So check that out in your own business this week. Where do you have those urgency opportunities and where do you have that chance to make more decisions that puts you in that forward momentum? And I think it's also even showing the value of like, why would that be great? Like, why is it great for them to have September? Yeah. Yeah. To see how things shake out. Or like maybe you let them message you twice in September and you like mm-hmm. answer one question or you know what I mean? Like well, how can we yeah. make that like a huge win? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that, you know, I'll use base camp with them and and that's definitely like yeah, I think it's kind of neat in a way, just thinking about it. Like I I do this initial upfront foundation work with them and then they see how it goes almost on their own. (laughs) And then we have some really good data to work with Mm -hmm. when we start working together again of like, okay, what, you know, what blocks came up for you and what resistance and what was hard and what was easy. And, you know, then there's sort of that added layer. Um, and, and also seeing why, you know, it's helpful to have support. Kind of cool, right? Yeah, it's very cool. (laughs) And like really gives you a chance to sell it in a new way. And I think that's Mm -hmm. an exciting thing too, is like to, it's almost like we want you, this is like a a good way to think about it, but it's like, we want you to have like the task to feel easy and not like things that need to take your emotional energy. Mm -hmm. And then we want the energy to go to things like this, like, Ooh, how can I position this? How can I talk to you about this? How can I sell this in an exciting new way? Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Where it's like, this is the fun part. Like, this is, right? Like, the, like yeah. this is the exciting part. The rest is like, I just show up for that every day. I don't have to make a lot of decisions around it. And then this is where my, like, energy and attention can kind of fall. Yeah, yeah. And that's where, you know, it's where it needs to fall, too. And I feel like, you know, especially with bringing in the VA to help with some of that other stuff, like, this is the fun stuff. Yes. <laughs> Tell me about that in terms of the challenge, speaking of that, and like maybe the, mm-hmm. we can position this with the challenge as well. Yeah, I think there is a really good, there are a couple of good opportunities because with the challenge, I'm going to plug my free call, mm-hmm. which also this is the last month for that, you know, right now at least, but, you know, sort of positioning it as like, okay, this is the, I have, you know, a few spots left this month for a free call, but then also, you know, positioning the program as I think we can fit that in there too. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like urgency around the free call is great. Like I'm only offering mm-hmm. a few of these and it's only going to be till the end of the month. So take it now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Does that feel exciting to kind of position it in that way or does that kind of like kick up your caretaker there? (laughs) No, it feels good. It feels good to position it that way Um, because I do like I think adding that sense of urgency is always important. Mm -hmm. Um, And sometimes like I feel phony when I can't do it authentically. Like and even the past few months, I've just sort of been saying, hey, you know, I'm doing free calls this month. But now having that, like, this is the last month before I go on maternity leave that you can book me for a free call, so you better do it now. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, said said more eloquently than that. but <laughs> For sure. Listen, I think, like, yeah. we never want to, like, lie or manufacture it when it's not there. But when it is there, yeah. we definitely want to use the shit out of it, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It feels good. It feels good to have it, you know, and, and be able to use it. And then I think, you know, with the intensives, too, I mean – there's only a limited amount of spots for those in August also. Mm-hmm. So, you know, get in now. For sure. And using that with a lot of your your few warm prospects too, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like you might even say to them right now, like, hey, here's the deal. I'm mm-hmm. doing this challenge next month. I'm going to open these spaces up. Like I'd love for you to take it first. But if not, yeah. like it's going to get opened up to everyone that participates. Yeah. Definitely. I love that. Let's talk about the warm prospects really quick and then let's kind of talk about the challenge too. Mm -hmm. But tell me where we're at with them. One of them, I need to do an initial follow-up after our call. Um, We just had a call a couple days ago. Um, She's actually a previous client of mine who I loved working with. Um, So we chatted a little bit on the phone and then I just need to follow up with her. But I think she could really um, benefit from doing another intensive. And, you know, I think she could possibly be another three-month client Mm, again, mm -hmm. Um, which would be exciting to have somebody (laughs) re-up. Well, and and really cool to see those those pieces too where it's like yeah. oh I've been showing up more and then she reached out again and then she like yeah. so it kind of like all comes together so beautifully right where it's like the work I did before works now it also works in conjunction with the work I'm doing now like you can see mm-hmm. it all kind of come together right yeah definitely and it was like such a pleasant surprise to see her name come up on my calendar yeah. and um it was really great to talk to her and and like a lot of what we talked about it was just another one of those really great calls where, like, she I could tell she got a lot out of it. And so, yeah, I'm excited to follow up with her. And then the other um, person, I did one follow-up. I need to follow up again. She was talking to her husband mm-hmm. about the investment. So I just wanted to check in with that and see, you know, what they're feeling. But I think this also gives me a reason to check in. Because I think that's where I struggle with follow-up is creating those, like, reasons to check in almost Mm -hmm. um without feeling i think we talked about this i can't remember if we talked recently but in value-centered sales that was one of the like things i struggled with was follow-up because it's the caretaker in me and the the peacemaker who doesn't want to make anyone uncomfortable Mm -hmm. (laughs) but also like you have to follow up 
to get the sales. So having a reason, I feel like, or creating a reason is important for me. Yeah, I also think like the way that I truly think about follow-up that I think makes it a little bit easier is like it's really just about staying top of mind. Mm-hmm. It's not like, are you ready yet? Are you ready yet? Are you ready yet? Are you right. ready yet? It's really <laughs> like, here's this information that like, you know, I only have a couple spots left or here's this story I just did today that I actually think is like really applicable to what we talked about. I would definitely watch or like, here's this resource that I have. Here you go. Like, it doesn't always have to be like, yo, are you ready? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> a lot yeah. of times it's just staying top of mind. But I think what's so interesting is that that is so apparent by this old client reaching out to you. Like, mm-hmm. you've just been top of mind more for her, I imagine, because she's been seeing yeah. you show up every day, right? Yeah, yeah. And that's really cool to see that, like, happen mm-hmm. and see see all this work pay off. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. so, So the same thing is true with, with your other follow-ups is like sometimes you're just saying hi or providing a resource or whatever. Like they know that they can hire you, right? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So, you know, with you're also in a really good position since you're recording stories every day mm-hmm. to do one on something you just talked about. So like that woman that's like talking to her husband, like can you do a story that's like super applicable to her and then mm-hmm. share it with her? Yeah, yeah, I like that idea. You know, it's, like, really about, like, bringing the value and staying top of mind. It's not so much, like, you know, how do I, like, ask them enough times that they say yes, right? (laughs) Right, definitely. And so you're in a great position to add that value. Like, you know, tonight, go do your story on that exactly, right? Okay, so (laughs) follow-ups. Uh, If you've been listening for any length of time, you know I'm a huge, huge, huge fan of follow-ups for so many reasons. But today I really want to talk about it in terms of how being and staying top of mind is really what matters and how we have so many opportunities that show up for us to do that. So something I'm always telling clients is like, think about what that client needed on the call. Do you have a resource to send to them? How do you stay top of mind as someone that really wants to support them? And then a lot of times my clients will be like, well, gosh, I just don't even have a resource. They don't even know what I would send to them. And then my answer to that is always amazing. Create one. <laughs> like, let's get that going. Can you go make a 15 minute video? Can you do an Insta story? Whatever that is. But that makes it easier for you to follow up again and again and again with other clients. Like there's no way that this person is the only one that's ever going to have this issue if they're coming to you kind of thing, right? So really using the follow-up also as the opportunity to create more value that you can use long-term, okay? You might then have a video that you get to use for the next six follow-ups because everyone's struggling with this. So where people really kind of get themselves stuck here is they just go, oh, I really don't even have more value to give. I don't know what I would say and they move on. But then that happens every time they go to follow up versus if they would have taken that first opportunity and been like, oh my gosh, absolutely, let me make a video here. Then the next five people that they have to follow up with, right? are gonna get the same one. So it's really creating that collateral for follow-ups that can support you again and again and again as you continue through that process. So think about that in your own business. How can you start using those moments as something that not only serves you now in the follow-up process, but that you're gonna be able to use again and again? It will be such a valuable resource for you and it will make following up so much easier because you truly feel like you have value to provide. 
Okay, and then tell me where we're at with the challenge. You were saying you're feeling pretty good about that, right? Yeah, my VA is getting me everything to review today. Um, so and good. So, yeah, I just need to look at it and make any final tweaks. And then we launch that on Monday and all my content's written for it. I just need to like look back over my notes and see if there's anything I'm missing. But it was really helpful to have sort of all the little tasks broken out. Mm-hmm. And what actually ended up happening is, I mean, it didn't – I got a lot more than one a day over to her. <laughs> so, so you know, I think once I sat down and started doing it, I was like, oh, well, I can also get this to her right now. And and it made it a lot more manageable. Listen, I think, like, this is a bit of a hack that you're learning about yourself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. <laughs> the bit – like, when a task doesn't get broken down, you avoid it, and it feels really big, right? Like, that came yeah. up several different times in different ways, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Yeah, that's so true. So – that's not a problem. It's just something to pay attention to. Like, if you know that's a thing for you, like, we can work around that or we can work with that is maybe a better way to even say that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But kind of, like, being just more mindful of that being an actual hack. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Where it's like, okay, I'm feeling overwhelmed by something. You know what? The hack is always how do I break it down? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I mean, it's true. We did it just now with stories. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> it's just breaking it down into those little pieces that mm-hmm. make it seem so much more digestible. <laughs> Do you know, there's <laughs> like some irony there too in in the sense that that's why you love budgeting. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. Definitely. When it's just like, here's a bunch of money, figure out what to do with it. You're like overwhelmed, but you love like breaking it down into the little mm-hmm. pieces and helping other people do that and all of that kind of stuff. So, you know, again, just like so good to like note that. And then every time you're feeling that overwhelmed, like be kind of, you know, getting quicker and quicker to ask like, okay, what would it look like to break this down? Yeah, definitely. I love that. Love a good hack. Oh, yes. I need more hacks. (laughs) You're like, give me all of them. Um, Okay, cool. So she's getting that back to you. You're going to review it. Mm Mm-hmm. Date still good. Yep. Monday. We're going to hit go. So exciting. So yeah, it feels good. It feels good to have it like all ready. (laughs) So your thing to kind of sit with this week and, you know, you can tell me in base camp, we can process it. Um, And that way is just like how to tie in that urgency to the challenge. Yeah. Okay. Right, that urgency of like these are the last few calls. This is the last intensive slot. Like, really push that harder. Okay, that sounds good. And now you know what you're gonna do with them too, which helps, right? So you're gonna be like, hey, we could get in one intensive, then we'll pick it up in October. It looks like this, blah blah blah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that sounds good. Any questions on that? No, I don't think so. I feel really good about it. Yeah, and I'm glad, like, it's nice this all kind of aligned really, really well, I think, without me realizing exactly what I had planned. But I think having the challenge this first week of August will really help kind of build that momentum for both the calls and the and the intensive, mm-hmm. you know, being the last month before maternity leave. So, so good. Yeah. All right, so I guess what I would say, and, like, don't feel like this is a rush necessarily because we still have plenty of time too, but I think, like, thinking about 
more of that, like, what does it look like a little bit down the line in terms mm-hmm. of scheduling and stuff. And then you and I can do the thing that we know now works and break it down. <laughs> yeah, that sounds good. Right? So then we can be like, <laughs> yeah. okay, you're going to have about whatever, 15 hours a week. So it looks like this, this, and this. It looks like this, this, and this. And I think that might yeah. really calm your brain down so that when you're actually off, off, you're not yeah. like, oh my God, what's it going to be like when I get back? How am I going to handle this? Da-da-da. Like, I would love for you to have the answer to that <laughs> already. Yes. Yeah, that would be great. <laughs> <laughs> and again, it doesn't mean it can't change. Like, you know, if your husband's job changes or whatever, but I think like, let's get as close to an answer as we can. Okay. That sounds good. Beautiful. I love it. How is, Thank I keep meaning you. to ask you how you're feeling like pain-wise. Is that improving at all? Um, It's improving a little bit. It's still not comfortable, but I was able to rest last weekend. Also, I'm seeing a new chiropractor today. Yay! Um, So I'm excited about that. And um, I think just resting has really helped and and staying off of it a little bit more um, has helped. But I'm also enormous and this baby's big (laughs) and (laughs) I'm a short person. I'm only five feet tall. So I've got like this giant baby. (laughs) Your body's just like, like what is going on? It's like, what is happening? Mm -hmm. But um, it has been better. And I think some of it has just been also, you know, what we talked about last time and just asking myself, is this sustainable? And then really prioritizing what I need um, for me just so that I can get the work done that I need Mm -hmm. to do without killing myself. So it's felt really good to take care of myself. And, and I've noticed like it hasn't been as bad this week as it was last week. So that's so good. I love that. I'm so glad you're going to a chiropractor and that you're making time for that even, right? Like even that's huge, right? To just like make that space. Yeah, definitely. Amazing. Definitely. Cool. All right. Well, feel free to share stuff with me um, in Basecamp. We'll get the challenge going, get that urgency going, hopefully uh, use that to wrap up a couple of these leads and we'll go from there. Sounds good. Thank you. Beautiful. I'll talk to you soon. Okay. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Literally. I would love to hear your thoughts on the podcast, so please leave us a review. Each month, I'll be picking reviewers to give a free session of their own to as a thank you. And remember, sharing is caring. If you know someone who'd benefit from this podcast on their own entrepreneurial journey, please share it with them. What I know we need more of in this world is women living let up lives and running businesses they love and are beautifully compensated for. If you want to hear more stories of women who have gotten killer results in their business, plus the mindset, strategy, and execution that got them there, download my free case study series, The Client Files. You'll read about several women's unique journeys to success and exactly how they did it. Plus, you'll be inspired to find the path that fits you. Just go to alituplife.com forward slash clients to sign up.